Hello and welcome to Felsay Fitness Podcast, episode number seven of season two. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's going to be a good one. My name is Michael Joshua. If you didn't already know that, I am the owner and CEO and what have you of Failsafe Fitness Limited. Uh, we offer fitness and nutrition and weight management as well as personal training, strength and conditioning and golf performance coaching. So all your needs all in one to make you better on and off course and make you a better person in general. We can do that for you. Get yourselves in touch. All the links are below. Very special episode this week. It's another Your Questions Answered episode. Just going to be three on each. We were doing five, but I found they were getting a bit long. And I've got to be honest, most of the questions I get are still based around the ones I've already answered. So these are the nine questions that have come across my email box, which is in the description below. If you, anything you want to ask me, get in touch. I will get you some info back to you. We'll start, as always, with what I've been up to this week. Um, and it's just been working. I've just been working flat out. Golf course is basically going to be open in the next 72 hours. I've picked up another couple of clients playing golf. One of them has literally just started playing golf and been asking me some advice this week on what he should get and what irons he should get. and. And I'm, I'm going to be genuinely honest with most people when, they, when they've when they only played uh, or hit balls on the driving range and haven't really played on a golf course, uh, is just go and buy any set. doesn't matter what they are. Preferably something game improvements, more than likely Wilson. I think are a very decent starter set. Maybe something Cobra if you've got a little bit more money to spend. You know, those clubs are all very, very good, very capable, and they're a great starting point while you find your swing and your strike and etc. and your speed. So I've been helping him through that, uh, promoting obviously the new business in the golf performance at Himley Hall Golf Club, and exciting news as well coming a little bit later in the show on that golf performance. Also, uh, dealing with, you know, basic business stuff, emails, voicemails, spam emails as well. And I'm excited that on the 19th of this month, I'm getting to go to the PGA show, the British PGA show. So that's going to be fun. Go and see some people down there, do a bit of networking, go and see what new equipment's coming out and maybe even get a lesson myself. <laughs> I might need it. Played a little bit of sim golf this week, uh, not not to great avail, but I have found I found something with the driver. So hopefully again, if I can transfer my sim game to the on course game, I think I'll be playing some decent golf, averaging about two thirty five, two forty five on the sim. It's about five to ten yards shorter than what it should be. So I'm hoping with a little bit of rollout, etc., etc. I'm going to be 250 plus this year, and that was the aim. That was the aim for me this year, was to, was to consistently hit 250-yard drives. Or more, or more, <clears throat> and I'll be very happy. And that's pretty much been, been my week. Uh, apart from 
One caveat, I do gain quite a bit, even still at 45, I'm older now. I managed, I picked up uh, Rainbow Six Extraction uh, on the Xbox. Uh, nearly bought it on PC as well, but bought it on the Xbox so me and the wife could play co-op. And what a pile of trash. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't read some of the reviews. There's, there's about, about 40% reviews are quite positive. There's 40% saying it's okay. Uh, uh, sorry, about 20% saying it's okay. And the other 40% are, it's trash. And I'm in the trash category. I, I didn't really play a lot of Rainbow Six Siege. Um, so I walked into this one kind of blindsided. After what I watched a, a 90 minutes of a video start to finish. And I've got to be honest, what they played looks like a completely different game. My guy characters were dying all over the place. I couldn't get objectives done. And when I went back to the same area for a second time... We were, but me and me and my wife were basically spawn camped into one room because you needed the guy that went invisible with an invisible cloak to get past them. And I thought this is just a cluster. I mean, the game tutorials don't tell you any of this. It's kind of suck it and see. And yeah, no, I'm not impressed. I paid thirteen quid, and I thought, okay, it's not too bad. Thirteen quid, I'll get thirteen hours of play. I've played for about sixty minutes, and I'm kind of already done. And I should know I test for I've tested for Ubisoft in the past uh, through a company in Montreal who does their testing, and uh, I think one of the Ghost Recon's Wildlands or something like that. The day before it was due to be released, we were sat there trying to get the menus to work, and when it came out, it was an absolute cluster, and none of the menus worked. And we were we were there the day before release, just testing menus because they didn't work, and they clearly didn't fix that. Yeah, that's my little side note. I do, I do game. So, uh, Mr. Vinny Triple Zero on Xbox Live, PlayStation, and uh, Twitch. If you do want to catch any of those streams. <coughs> yeah, so this is a slightly different show to normal. Normally, I give you one fitness tip. I give you a little nutri nutrition tip. What I've been up to this week. I do a little bit of promoting as well for the company and, and bits and bobs. And uh, this week's slightly different. There are going to be the three most popular emails that have come across my eyeline over the last seven weeks. The three most popular golf questions and the three most popular nutrition questions. So we'll kick the show off with the fitness questions. And these are things that have come across but not in... Just recently, it's been it's been a thing, and there's a couple of people I know have started doing new things, like running, or weight training, or you know they're they're doing something different in their program, and they're they're struggling a little bit. And so I thought I'd mention, and a couple of other people as well have said, <clears throat> you know I've started doing this, and I feel a bit sore, this hurts, or whatever. So injury prevention. And when you start any new training program, whether it be you've been sat on a couch for the last decade or and you go to work and you sit at a desk and you just sit all day, you need to build some core strength, you need to build some muscle mass and just by going walking can put some severe stress on muscles, on your calves, your legs, your lower back because you have no core strength. So injury prevention for me, if you're already in the gym 
and you've just started doing something different, like you do, you're adding more cardio, for instance, into your workouts. You want to try and get a little bit faster, uh, and you don't want to be as bulky. So you say, in terms of muscle mass, you're trying to trying to lean yourself out a little bit with some extra cardio, <clears throat> which isn't always the case. You can do high intensity interval training, which we'll get to. So I've always had the philosophy as a personal trainer that when you're warming up to do something, always make those warm-ups dynamic. Um, I tend to do mainly with personal training clients, but also with my golfers. I tend to get them to do like arm circles, front and reverse. I get them to do a hug cross, front leg swings, side leg swings, you know, a minute hip and ankle openers. So over the gates, or they, they crouch down and hold on to the onto something or a door handle on me and they just crouch in that position for about 30 30 seconds to a minute just to try and stretch out their knees and ankles and hips you know we do band overs pull aparts and I tend to do a little set of like push-ups sit-ups air squats just anywhere between five and ten depending on which client I've got it could be three between three and ten depending on what clients capabilities are just to get them warmed up, to get everything working so they can feel their core, their back, their legs, their arms, their shoulders. Make sure that nothing's hurting. And I think this is the this is the key. Injury prevention. When you're starting something new, like there's a friend of mine started running a lot. And they weren't doing anything dynamic to warm that body up. And you need to get the heart rate elevated. You need to get the blood pumping to the correct areas, which is the reason why I believe in dynamic warps in, in what I've just said in terms of the, the leg swings, the ankle openers, the arm circles, push-ups, sit-ups, air squats. It's working all areas of the body. It's getting the, the heart rate up. It's getting the blood pumping. It's getting the oxygen delivered to where it needs to go. And it's also giving you the opportunity to go, well, actually... My left shoulder on those push-ups felt really tight. So we could go back through arm circles or some band pull-aparts just to make sure that that's warmed up and maybe do another set of push-ups to see if it eases. And it's an opportunity in that dynamic warmer to just feel if there are any niggles. And I think that's a, a big problem with a lot of people who work uh, desk jobs or they work long hours and then they go straight from work to the gym which is you know mind you know fair play to you, you you're doing a great job but they just go straight in the gym and they're straight into a workout they, they feel like they've been at work all day or they've been they've been you know they, they're a bricklayer or a laborer and they've been moving stuff all day but not in the same way as you do in a gym so please 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 to injury prevention you know, prevention is better than cure because if you tear a meniscus or tear a rotator cuff or something or a muscle or a tendon, it's going to take weeks, months, possibly years to even heal. And it's going to affect your goals and your training and demotivating, etc., etc. And it's, it's, it's a, a ever-decreasing circle of pain and endurance and you can go down where I'm at and kind of, I got myself into a bit of a lull. And I'm finding myself hard to get out of that log. I'm not training because I've been injured. Because I've I've then put some weight on and I've tried to lose it. And I'm trying, still trying to lose it. 
but I'm working so hard on, you know, trying to get the business up and running and, and, and getting it going, not having just time to do stuff. And I always say time is the biggest killer of anybody, anything. Um, and the longer I'm out of the gym for, I know the less muscle mass I'm carrying and probably the more fat. But with doing the golf stuff as well, it's helping me burn some 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 calories. So it's it's not all bad. But you need to do a dynamic warm-up. That will help you feel any niggles. And then it's also injury prevention is also when you're in that gym, don't if, if you feel a bit of a niggle, don't go as heavy as you normally go. Still do your routine, but just pick a lighter weight and just test the waters. You know, don't be going, oh, I was meant to PR a deadlift today, but my, you know, my, my left thigh is a little bit sore. Don't PR your deadlift. Just do three sets of ten or five by five, something like that. Get through your workout, get it done and get away. Go and have a relax and a stretch and a nice hot soak or a massage. And just don't get injured. Don't don't push yourself if you know there's a problem. There's a difference between a pain and pain. You know, there's you know a little bit of a niggle. Oh, that, that's hurt to suck out. I'll just take it a little bit easier. I'll do this, and once you get going, you might might feel might just loosen up and you can get the workout done. <clears throat> but if not, there's a big difference between having a small niggle and having a, a massive injury. So injury prevention for me is all about. The way you warm up for a workout and the way you cool down. So make sure you're doing some, also some stretching at the end. Just to make sure that things are all just loose and relaxed at the end of your workout. So there's, there's your injury prevention. The second thing which I said we'd get on to. <coughs> excuse me. Is cardio. Everybody, summer's around the corner. I know, I said before, a few people I know have started doing some running. They've started doing some rowing. They've started doing some biking to burn some calories, do some exercise, and try and get a little bit leaner for the summer. And all well and good, brilliant, if you've got the time. If you don't have the time, Please go and take a look at the Tabata workout that the, I put up on the blog. So high intensity interval training <clears throat> can be just as good as, you know, 20 or 30 minutes on a treadmill or an hour on the, on the pavement, etc. Or an hour on your bike on the road. That might be a little bit safer. So what I've put on the blog is an example of a, a Tabata workout where you're going to do 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. You can change that. You can make it 30 seconds on and 15 seconds off. Give yourself a little bit more time on and a little bit more time off. You know, it's just an example workout, but you can do that workout. It's pretty much a full body workout. Uh, and it will also boost your cardiovascular capability as well so don't just think by i'm just going to go and do an hour's ride on the bike or i'm going to go and do an hour's run or this that and the other it's going to help you burn some calories because you can probably burn you can probably save yourself if you're doing an hour you could probably save yourself at least 30 minutes and burn more calories and still build an engine 
just as you would by doing steady state cardio, by doing some high intensity interval training, particularly Tabata training, like I've got on the blog post. So yeah, don't rule out high intensity interval training, whether that be kettlebell, dumbbell, body weight, or just if you're on the bike and the rower, do a minute on, 30 seconds off. You know, you can do uh, fartlek intervals, whatever you want to do. You, you don't have to spend a massive amount. You can go as hard as you can for 20 seconds and have 15 seconds off or 10 seconds off. It's normally a 50-50 split. So whatever you do, so if you row as hard as you can for a minute, take 30 seconds off and do that for, you know, 10 rounds and you'll definitely get a good workout in. You'll build an engine. And each time you go back to that workout, try and beat the distance or the calories burnt. And you, you that's how you're going to see that you, you're improving. So yeah, a lot of people said, I, I want to do some more cardio. So you don't have to waste an hour. You don't have to waste two hours on a big long run or driving to the gym to run on a treadmill. Go, go into your gym. Go and take a look at the Tabata workout that I've put out, out there. You can do this whether you're running, whether you're rowing, you're cycling, kettlebells, dumbbells, body weight. High intensity interval training can have just as good an effect of burning those calories and building you an engine than a steady state cardio will. <clears throat> Third and final thing on the fitness. And it's something that I think I addressed a couple of weeks ago, if I'm honest, if not last week. And it's based on what plan do I do? And what plan do you do for what? Well, I'm, I am I know, I want to lose some weight, I want to build some muscle, you know, which is the, is, is the you know, that's the, the pyramid of, of, of life. You know, losing weight is at the bottom, building some muscle is, the, is in the middle. And looking awesome is at the very top of that pyramid. You know, and we all want that perfect pyramid. That's that's how people see it. If I lose some fat, I gain some muscle, I'm going to look great. And you are. But it's going to take time. And so, <clears throat> what I say to people is, what kind of look are you looking for? You know, do you want broad shoulders, tapered waist, big thick legs? Do you just want, you know, to be slimmer, slender looking body? Do you want to be, or do you just want to just look better in general? So there are many different ways. I'm obviously building muscle. The more muscle you can pack onto your frame, the better. Muscle is obviously heavier than fat, but obviously a lot leaner and building the holy grail of the broad shoulders and the washboard abs and the big tree trunk legs is a pipe dream for probably 80% of us 80% of us mere mortals don't have that kind of time either nutritionally or physically to spend in the gym to do that. So you've got to pick your battles. Lose some weight. See where you're at. Track your diet. Etc. Etc. 
so picking a plan and as I've said before on this podcast there are many 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 plans and it's there's a study done not so long ago I can't remember the name of the study now or who did it but something along the lines of doing a a very basic plan for 10 years is better than doing an overly complicated plan for the same amount of time so you know you switch from you're crossfitting on a Monday you're, you're triathlon training on a Wednesday Fridays you go to yoga and you know you do that so you're building muscle you're burning fat and you're not really getting a consistent plan. Then you might go to yoga on a Monday, triathlon training on a Wednesday, on, on a Friday, and you're doing different things at different times. And that sporadic can have a, a, a good effect if you're young and you can recover, etc., etc. But it was proven that by just doing a basic plan, of which there are two basic plans on the website blog right now you can download for free just take a screenshot of them they are completely free they are the most basic bitch plans you can get you can add to them if you wish but if you haven't never started or never trained in a gym before they are the most basic perfect thing you can do to start do it for 12 weeks and then move on to the set B and then after that then you can add in whatever you like but it'll give you an idea after six months of doing those two plans of how to train progressive overload what's working for you what's not working for you do I need to add weight every week do I need to add weight every two weeks is it every four weeks I need to adjust the weight because you, you don't know you might do your one rep max testing and you might not be as strong or as or as, as healthy or recovered as you thought you might be. You might be a little bit poor and you might breeze through the first couple of weeks. So you might need to add weight every couple of weeks. And depending on the stimulus, you might even add weight every, you know, every three weeks or every week. So yeah, go on. There's not a plan out there for everybody. But I think doing some kind of basic bitch, you know, 3x10, 5x5, strength training, kettlebells, dumbbells, you will, you will build muscle consistently. As long as you use progressive overload, you warm up correctly, and you recover and eat correctly as well. So there is not one plan. There's no magic pill. There will never be a magic pill. As much as people on Facebook and Instagram try to sell you a magic pill or a tea or herbal life or whatever the hell it is. Saying that you will be slimmer in three months and you lose 40 pounds in six days. Doesn't exist. You've got to put the work in. You've just got to stick to a plan and use the progressive overload model. Whether that be, you know, three times ten, five by five etc etc last set of each of those you should be struggling and in fact probably the last set of, of 3x10 and the last set of 5x5 you should probably really get 3 reps 
and you should probably get maybe seven in that last set of uh, the three by ten to know that the weight you've got on the bar or the weight you've got on the dumbbell is the right weight for you because you should be almost failing at the end of end of that set three or set five because you need to you need to progressively overload that muscle and the week after it should be you should be getting eight reps then nine then ten then add half a kilo whatever and so there is no magic pill there is no one plan for everybody but starting with the very very basics will do you good stead and that ladies and gents are the three nutrition questions that have popped across my desk over the last seven weeks if you do have any questions please send them in failsafefitness at hotmail.com and hopefully they i will address them on the show again in about another six or seven weeks time before we move on to the nutrition side of things i'm just going to let you know what's going on with me with failsafe fitness 342 is back all the way through may we're now a just over a week into may 342 six pay for six get nine is the maximum amount so you get nine nine sessions of golf performance nutrition and weight management or personal training fitness strength and conditioning coaching for the price of six please get in touch please get booking it's going to be a very busy summer and this offer is only on for the next what three weeks by the time this podcast comes out there'll be three weeks left on this podcast on this offer sorry podcast there might be three weeks on this podcast we don't know I might get cancelled. Um, <clears throat> so they will be available Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday. There are obviously some gaps there. So Tuesday and Wednesday I am a greenkeeper. And I want to keep it that way, unfortunately for some. So I want to be a greenkeeper and get my practice in on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And Sunday mornings... At Himley Hall Golf Club starting the 21st of May. £5 ahead I will do a 60 to 90 minute short game session. So turn up, let me know. £5 ahead I will take you over to the little practice area I've got. And we will work on things such as putting, chipping, greenside approach. And approach from inside 75 yards. So those are the things that I will be working on periodically over the next few months. So Sunday mornings, 11am, Himley Hall Golf Centre, £5 a head. If you do want to come along, you can either book yourselves in while you're there. There's a sheet to sign up for it. Or you can drop me a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Or via text or email to book yourself in and I will be doing those little uh, short game Sundays from the 21st of May moving on then to our 
nutrition side of things. Now, a lot of things that a lot of people have, have sent me this email. It's quite disturbing that I, I mentioned about fad diets. Uh, I mentioned just earlier about the magic pills or teas and potions that people trying to sell you on Facebook or Instagram or wherever or inboxing you with them and people have said weight loss I want to lose some weight how do I do it I've been going to the gym and you know I'm not really losing weight I'm gaining weight and all I'm gonna say is probably for the first three to six months of your journey those weight scales are going to tell a lot of lies but they're also going to tell a few truths and what I mean by that is if you're going to the gym and you've been going three times a week or five times a week in some cases but your shirts your blouses your jeans are feeling looser then that scale might still be saying X weight and it's only moved a few pounds from where you started but the physical transformation happening underneath those clothes is amazing so you, you, you're clearly packing on more muscle you're clearly burning some fat which means you're losing inches. You're losing inches of fat and packing on more dense muscle. And you're losing size. So you might weigh the same or very similar, but you're not the same. And it's working. And the flip side to that is you've been going to the gym three, five times a week. But your clothes are getting tighter. And it's not because you're not building muscle, because you probably are building some muscle. But the fact that when you leave the gym or the next day at lunch, you're having a Pizza Hut, a KFC, or a Chinese, or an Indian, or all of them. And what you're doing is you're finishing work or before you go to work you're working out and then you're eating everything in sight all day long you're not tracking your calories you're not tracking your macros you're just eating and eating and eating because oh it's okay i'm going to the gym i'm going to the gym five times a week i'm doing 90 minutes five times a week i, I, I can eat this curry i can eat this kfc i can eat this pizza truth of it is you can't because you need to be in a calorie deficit and when you're eating a 2000 calorie meal for lunch or dinner every day on top of the other 2000 calories you stuff into your face because it's okay you're going to the gym the weight scale isn't lying you're not losing weight because your nutrition sucks so two things in that if you're getting your clothes are getting a little bit looser and the weight is kind of staying the same for now stick at it 
because you're heading in the right direction. You're building some muscle. You're losing size, not weight. And eventually that size will then turn into weight and you'll be a very happy bunny. But if you're the second person who's, I've been to the gym, I'll have a KFC. I've been to the gym yesterday or this morning. I'm going to go and have a steak lunch or a pizza, Domino's pizza lunch. The reason you're not losing any weight is because you're eating like crap. And you'll never lose weight because you need to get your nutrition sorted. So, <clears throat> nutrition, training, equals a better you. Nutrition is the foundation, training is the next bit, and then your health is at the top of that. And your health being not just physical, but mental. And because your nutrition is on point, and your training is, is getting there, your, your actual health and well-being will be better. If you're the first person. If you're the second person, you're probably going out of your mind as to why you're not losing weight. But it's because your nutrition is non-existent. Your training is probably okay. And your state of mind and the way you feel about yourself, you probably hate yourself after you eat that KFC. I know I do. <clears throat> so, yeah. Weight loss and scales lie... Those are the reasons why. <clears throat> now, the second thing that came across my uh, my desk is a bit more I don't know how to put it. It's a bit more interesting, shall we say. And that interest was based around sort of <clears throat> diet. And again, it's a diet tip. And for the people who are doing the, the food thing that I've just mentioned, is that you didn't go to college or high school and study nutrition. So having someone like myself, a qualified professional in nutrition and weight management, can help you have a better shot at staying healthy, eating better, nutri nutritious and balanced meals. And so many people got in contact and said, well, I'm also confused about advice on vitamins and minerals, proteins, fats and carbs. And they don't have a reliable roadmap through the maze that is nutrition. <coughs> and this is, you know, basic information that isn't really out there. You know, you don't want to spend hours being a, an expert in nutrition or spend days digging through, you know, diet recipe books and medical journals just to find out what, what is the truth. It's the reason why we're here. It's the reason why I'm here. <coughs> and 
I'm going to be honest. If you want to be a better you in terms of your nutrition and your weight loss, then the simplest thing you can do, and I'll keep banging this drum, is track everything that you put in your body. Go and read my blog on proteins, fats, carbs, and vitamins and minerals. They're completely free on my blog right now. You can go and do that. It's basic information. Put in the simplest of terms. I mean, I'm a bit of an idiot. So, hey, if I can understand it, you people out there definitely can. It will help you, guide you into being a better person nutritionally. And if you can lay that nutrition foundation and then put in some extra calorie burning, such as going for a walk, playing golf, hitting the gym with a personal trainer or with a friend, then you will start to see the results. And putting meals together and putting a plan together, it's what we are here to do. We are here to help. But we can only help if you have an idea of what's going into your body. Like I say, if you're like that first person and you, you've got a nutrition plan in place, you're tracking everything you're putting in your body, you're tracking your workouts and you're losing some inches, you're on the track to some great success. If you're the second person who thinks, oh, I'm going to eat a KFC because I, I spent 90 minutes on a treadmill yesterday. I'm not going to lie. You're not gonna, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So please, 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 if you are looking to lose weight, track your nutrition with the MyFitnessPal app. It is completely damn free on Android and iOS. Put everything in there. Everything that goes in your mouth, apart from your, your significant others, unless they're covered in something, then put it in the diary. That's all I'm saying. And from there, you can look at your proteins, your fats, and your carbs. You should be, you know, I recommend, I mean, the, the recommendation in terms of health is 55% carbs, 30% fat, and 15% protein. I am advising the other way. I'm advising 50% carbs, 30% protein, and 20% fat in your diet. It gives you a nice balance of healthy healthy carbs to keep you energetic. Gives you plenty of protein in your system to keep you fed and your muscle stores repaired. And you get enough fat in that diet to absorb the essential vitamins and minerals that you need. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about diet and starting simple and weight loss. <coughs> the other thing I found is that people were a little bit confused when it came down to 
like weights and charts. And the world is getting bigger. I've got to admit, the world is getting a lot bigger. There's a lot more, you know, calories in things, even though they're not supposed to be. Low fat, people, you know, changing into different, into different diets. These are sort of, how do I put it? You know, these are five ways you can cut some calories straight away. And, you know, people said, you know, I need to do this, I need to do that. So this is this is a simple thing. These are five little tips as the third question, tips on eating. So people who like sandwiches, we all love a sandwich. So instead of having a two slice sandwich, have a one slice sandwich. You're halving your bread count, halving those calories, less mayonnaise, and you're still getting your sandwichy hit. Just fill that sandwichy hit. Add a small little side salad, a little lettuce, tomato, cucumber, fresh fruit and veg, maybe an apple, to replace the other half of the sandwich. And soon, that will be more than enough to satiate yourself because you're getting more essential nutrients and vitamins, and you're getting more fruit and veg in your diet and you're still getting your sandwichy hit another way is to switch to low fat or no fat dairy products now the other the flip side of that is just be wary so switching to low fat yogurt or low fat milk can help or you know one percent milk great you're going to cut some calories because there's less cream there's less lactose and less you know, sugar in the milk is going to help you cut some calories but the non-fat dairy products just be aware that maybe they've added some sweetness especially if it's yogurts um there might be some sweetener and there also might also be some sugar so just be aware that Yes, there's no fat, but they might have added sugar and sweeteners. Sweeteners, maybe not so bad, per se. They are a chemical, and I don't really like them. I'd prefer you to take the sugar option if there's a sugar over, over a, um, a, a fake substance. But just be aware that they might be higher in sugar than the normal version of that yogurt, for instance. The third tip in terms of diet and nutrition is instead of having that big fat juicy steak with some vegetables turn that steak into a stew that way it's going to last a little bit longer you might even get a couple of meals out of one steak if you're a single person or you, one steak two steaks will get you a couple of meals if you're a couple of people make yourself a stew from that steak that way you're going to get more vegetables, more carbohydrates, and you're still going to get the same meaty steak, and you might have lunch for tomorrow, dinner for tomorrow. <clears throat> and the final one
And it's a, it's a strange one because people that do eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of people that I know, they add a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. A lot of people who eat peas and potatoes, especially little jerseys, like to put a lot of butter on there. So this is this one is instead of drowning your vegetables in butter, season them with some salt, pepper, maybe something else, maybe a little dash of garlic powder. Think about that, nice. And that will again save you on some calories. And those are the just five little things that can help you in your everyday life save some calories it's something that I was looking at doing already but it is one of the things that I think you know all those things will help you cut some calories and still eat healthily and still eat the things that you want to eat but just not in the excessive form you made and that ends the nutrition side of things. I mean, again, any more questions, fellsafefitness at hotmail.com. Send them to me. We will put them on the show in the next sort of six to seven weeks. So we're now on to the golf part of the show. My favourite part as it is. And there have been... Some similar questions come through. But the first one, the main one, is... I hook or slice the ball a lot. What can I do to reduce curvature? And I touched on this last week with hitting the driver off the tee. And what golfers need to realise is... That the relationship between club path and club face... Have to marry through the golf ball because the golf ball doesn't know has no idea what direction it's going to go in until you've hit it so if as a right-handed golfer if you know that your club goes towards your left foot instead of away from your left foot through impact you're more than likely a big slicer so if the if the ball travels towards your left foot with an open face, then you're going to slice the ball like a big banana peel. And what you ideally want is that club to be not going to your left foot, but to be going out towards the right more. So close your stance out towards the right, and so that means that club face now is square through the ball. So the club path is square through the ball, the club face may still be open, but you'll hit a baby fade instead of a banana slice. And reducing curvature will also give you distance. So I know there's just several people at my golf club that bend the golf ball probably 60 yards. So it goes 30 yards left and then comes back 30 yards right. But if they reduce that to, you know, 15 yards left, and 15 yards right, they're going to gain 30 yards on their drives. It's that simple. So yeah, reducing curvature, all it is, is basically 
that I can fix your slice in five shots, I can fix you fix your slice in ten shots. All those videos you see on YouTube are all all they're doing is taking the data from whatever machine's reading them or looking at a, a video of your swing and just getting you to change your path, your club path to the ball. And as long as you know that that club through the ball should be straight through the ball, not left or right, and that the club face should also be square at impact through the ball, which means the ball will fly straighter. But if the club face is open or closed, you're going to hit a fade or a draw. And if the club path is left and the club face is open to the right, you're going to hit a banana slice. And if your club path is out to the right and your club is close to the left, you're probably going to hit a snap hook. And if you rewind that and listen to that again, you, and you visualise your, your, your left hand going across, to, across your left foot with, a, with it open with your watch face, if you've got a watch on your left hand, imagine your watch face being out to the pointed out to the right, which means you've got an open club face, but your 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 club is going to the left and you're creating kind of a glancing blow and it's gonna banana off and vice versa with a snap hook. So yeah, reducing curvature is just basically marrying club path to club face, keeping them as neutral as you can through the golf ball to reduce your curvature and you'll gain some distance. And that's as simple as going to someone who owns a launch monitor or a lot of ranges have got a top trace of golf now. It'll tell you what your club path is. It'll tell you what your club face is and your face to path. And if your face to path is something stupid, like if it's more than four degrees, you've, you're probably hooking or, hooking or slicing the ball a lot. And it's that simple. second one that comes across it is it's again based on distance is my irons i i've got such a, a variation with my irons i can either hit a seven iron 120 yards or 170 yards when it should go 150 for instance and what you've got there is just a consistency of strike and a drill i like to do with people who said you know I struggle with consistency of strike and it's because they they don't hit the same shot twice you know they think they'll, they'll hit a thrill three-quarter shot then they'll hit a full shot then they'll hit a little soft three-quarter shot where their hands are flippy and it's weird so what I want you to do when you're next on the range is set aside a couple of clubs so maybe a wedge uh, you know, pitching wedge, seven iron, five iron. I want you to hit three shots with those clubs. I want uh, so keep nine balls aside. Sorry, twelve balls aside. So with each club, I want you to hit a normal shot, what you feel is a normal shot, and note the distance and direction. I want you to hit a couple of those. Then I want you to hit a couple, if not three, shots at as fast as you can. Then I want you to hit them as slow as you can. And then I want you to go back to normal. So two normal, two fast, 
two half speed, which is half your top speed, and two normal again. So that's that's eight, two, four, six. That's eight shots per golf club. Eight sixteen. So you need twenty-four balls, not twelve. I lied. And I want you to notice, like your normal shots. Are your normal shots going in any particular direction? And what happens when you speed that shot up? Are you transferring your weight better? Are you getting more distance? Is it flying straighter? If that is the case, then you fixed your problem. If, on the other hand, you know, those speedy shots are terrible, you've topped it, you've sliced it, you've hooked it, whatever, then obviously speed isn't something that you're built for and your golf swing can't handle it. But then when you think of, well, that's as fast as I can go, what's half that? So the half speed shots, if they fly straighter and just as far as your normal shots, then you've just fixed your golf swing. And it's a little drill I find with people who are struggling to strike either particular irons, whether it be long irons or their driver, or wedges because they're shorter. They struggle with distance control. They struggle with direction. They pull them, they slice them, they hook them, whatever. I, f I find that when people hit two normal shots, they're okay. And sometimes when you speed someone up, they're hitting it not as hard as they can, but they're hitting it quickly. They want it quick release. They're throwing that club head through the ball, and they're just the whole, whole all the timing just leans towards a quicker swing. Fixed, and then there are some people who are basically built for not speed but smooth. So that little half swing gives them more time to square the club face which improves their strike on the club face which then gives them a straighter better ball flight so next time you're down the range if there's anything you're struggling with whether it be your driver your three wood hybrids long irons or your wedges do that drill and find out whether hitting them fast hitting them slow or hitting them normal is, is better it's going to take a little bit of work. You're going to need to do it two or three times. But notice the ball flight. And see if you're better at speeding up your wedges. Or slowing your wedges down to improve your strike. And the same applies throughout your bag. Third and final question. Was. I can't let things go. You know, I three-putted on the third hole. I snap up then my tee shot out of bounds right. So I've hit another one. And topped it. I've had to hit a, uh, two irons onto the green after that. So I'm now on five. I've, I've just three-putted the last hole for a double. And now I'm looking at at least a, a, tr a double, maybe triple on this hole. And then I spiral and spiral and spiral. And this is something I think every golfer can benefit from, is that if you have something like a shot scope or Arcos or something like that, you know in that data how far you hit each club. 
not how far you've hit the club on record, like you once hit a seven iron 182 yards. And we all know that's not because you hit a seven iron 182 yards. It's because you thinned the absolute living piss out of it. And it went 182 yards because it was 110 degree heat. And you were basically playing on a concrete golf course. That's one shot in about a million that you're ever going to hit. So look at the Arcos data. Look at your shot scope data. And look at your playing averages. And that will tell you exactly how far, roughly, you hit most of your irons. Most of your shots. Take that to your course. Look either on Google or Apple. Or even something like uh, Swing U app. Where you can go onto your course, load it up, and you can plot how far you hit your irons and drivers, etc. Or off the tee. So you can plot your way around the golf course. And prep yourself a 9 or 80 hole plan. And irrespective of how you've played on the previous hole. Take a look at that plan and go, right, I need to hit a driver 220. So I can have an 8, 7 or 8 iron into the green. Because by looking at that plan, whether it be a, a little message app on your phone, a notes app, or just a picture of the golf course knowing that you're going to hit a driver 200 yards or 250 or whatever. Having that plan and then having a, a pre-shot routine in place will help your mind just relax. It will give you a new focus. Instead of thinking about the three putt you've just had, you're now looking at Okay, I have, it might be more than one option. You might need to, you can hit a driver over a bunker that's 200 yards away. Or you can hit a four iron up to that bunker and then hit a longer iron, the same four iron into the green. Or you can drive it over that bunker and then hit a, a, a six iron into the green. You know, you've got to have yourself a couple of options for each hole. And you can do that completely free by using Swing U. Or using Apple Maps or one of Google Maps or whatever to measure your golf course up. And I think having a plan for your golf course, if you play there regularly, if you get at least 15 or 20 rounds of the golf club a year, make sure you put yourself a plan into your phone and stick to that plan. Because it will also help you improve over time as to where you go wrong on the golf course. And it will help focus your mind away from what's just happened. Because you can take a look at that plan and go, okay, I need to hit this shot with that club. Or I can hit this shot with that club. No, I'll take that. You know, if you've just three-potted and you're not feeling too great off the tee, maybe hitting the four-iron or hybrid up to the bunker instead of trying to hit a driver over the bunker is a more sensible option. And just being able to do that and plan your way around the golf course, wherever you go, is going to help your game. And again, that's something that I can help people with is on-course performance. Because if you play better on-course, we can all go down the driving range and go stripe, 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 stripe. There's nothing wrong with my golf game. Teed up on a Sunday morning in front of either your mates or playing in a competition with people you've never played before. And you just stripe them out of bounds all the time. You go, well, it was working fine on the driving range. On-course performance is something that I'm good at. And if you go somewhere with a plan and you have some idea of how to marry your face to path 
and and just basic knowledge of how to fix that, you will play better golf. End of story. And that, folks, is the end of the show. I hope there's been some nuggets of knowledge. There's probably been more confusion than anything else. I know I'm definitely confused most of the time. But thank you for all your questions. It's been a pleasure to address some of the issues, particularly the nutrition ones and the diet ones. They've all been they're pretty interlinked. And like I say, having that pyramid of a baseline of decent nutrition, tracking what you're eating, getting some progressive overload in your training, it will make you healthier and happier mentally and physically at the top of that pyramid. And golfers out there as well, obviously, you know, do the iron drill. You can do it with your driver. So try swinging it faster. Try swinging it slower and see what happens. Because if your normal swing is just leaking stuff, then maybe swinging it faster is just going to help you time the club through the ball. And maybe swinging it slower is just going to help you time your strike, which means a slower three-quarter swing is going to be more suited to the way you play because it's going to give you a crisper strike in the same distance than you trying to hit a normal shot. And also don't forget, 21st of May, the very first short game Sunday is happening at the Himley Hall Golf Club. Three for two is available on golf, nutrition and fitness sessions at the minute as well. That all ends at the end of May and you get 90 days from purchase, maximum nine for six and you get 90 days to use those purchases. Get yourselves online. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you've learned something. I know I've learned a few things this week. Have a great week. We'll be back to normal broadcasting as of next week. Enjoy your golf. Enjoy your food. And enjoy your life. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.